1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: The Gallant Few Rangers Podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages. The one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 1453 887 or hello at hhhmortgages.com you can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on the facebook page Hello and welcome to the first episode of the History Show from the Gallant View podcast. This is a pilot show where we're going to look back and review some notable and key events in Rangers history. My name's Colin McDuff and today I'm joined by Scott Lodge. Scott, how are you doing? Hello Colin. When's the last time you... You looked at any sort of history? Was it maybe third year, fourth year in high <laughs> school? Probably was <laughs> I you know, didn't didn't pick it. So even before that is in
1: one of my subjects.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I'm approaching thirty, um, I'm starting to get really into the Second World War, yeah. watching a lot of documentaries. But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, every you know every month we'll look to maybe bring a history show out. Um, there'll be no real reason or rhyme to the subject of each show. Just whatever really takes to our fancy or takes interest, offers any any listener uh, suggestions you would want us to go back and look at. Today we are going to look at Rangers lifting the Victory Cup in 1946. Before we go on the subject of this week's show, Scott, you and I were talking off air. Rangers are approaching their 150th anniversary. We've been alive for less than quarter of that so we really know fuck all about fuck all um, but how important is it to to look back over the club's history?
1: Definitely aye it's uh, you want to find out more as well it's obviously you know when our main interest in life Rangers um, you know we we spend a lot of money in Rangers um, it's our passion as supporters so it's good to I, I'd like to think that I know a lot of what's going on just now But looking back It's probably something To be honest I don't, I don't know much about And it'll be it'll be good to, to research And you know talk with the listeners About some some stories That maybe some younger fans Aren't aware of And um, yeah A good refresh for people Who are aware of you know What's happened The 1946
0: Victory Cup This was a one-off competition To signal the end of The Second World War And a return to normality For the footballing world it was too late for the SFA to organise the Scottish Cup for season 1945-1946, so they put in the Victory, Club, the Victory Cup to replace it. This ran from April to June 1946. A similar tournament was held under similar circumstances in 1919, following the end of the First World War, and St Mirren were the winners of that. Just a bit of background, so we all know what happened between nineteen thirty nine and nineteen forty five, the outbreak of the second world war and in nineteen thirty nine all all official competitive football was was stopped and they were replaced with unofficial leagues and uh, Rangers competed in the emergency Western League and the Emergency War Cup in nineteen thirty nine. So Scott just a wee bit of trivia here, so I was in it was enforced by the Home Office that Crowds were limited to 8,000 people in evacuation areas and 15,000 people elsewhere. Could you imagine 8,000
1: people at a Rangers game? No, no, it's really not. It's something you only really see at, like, like, you know, maybe friendlies and even then would have more than that. Um, I think back to the Colts game again against, um, was it Wrexham or something? Yeah, Yeah, and it was, I I don't know what the official attendance was and that, but, as as so strange seeing Eyebrooks um, so with so few fans, and obviously in the days as well, you could get a lot more people on the grounds as health and safety hadn't been invented yet. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, it would it would be a quite a scary sight to see it quite so empty. I know.
0: So in 1939, as as I was saying there, Rangers uh, Rangers won the the Western League, and they went on to play uh, Falkirk, the winners of the Eastern League. In a playoff, and Rangers were the country's champions, as well as winning the Emergency War Cup. So, from 1940 to 1946, the leagues were then regionalised again, and Rangers played in the 16 team Southern League and they competed in the Southern League Cup. So, they won the league six times, Scott. So, if you include the Southern, the six Southern Leagues, the Emergency War League before that, and they have one Scottish Championship either side. This, if these are counted, this was the original nine in a row.
1: That's weird to think of that, isn't it? It's, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's obviously just the the circumstances that you know that was it was going going through. Like they they didn't class it as you know an official tournament. So it's really interesting to think about that. I don't think. Um, well, I think I think people will obviously be aware of it, but in terms of. You know, even in the difficult, difficult circumstances and, you know, there is a bit of similarity um, to to what we're going through just now. I'm not saying it's a world war, but like in terms of it a pandemic situation through that and, you know, it puts things into a bit of context as well in terms of that we're actually able to, to watch football and go to it. I mean, you look at that, like there would have been, none of that would have been televised and, you know, crowd size is so low, you know, despite, you know, everything that's going on, it's a real you know, fortunate situation we're in just now that we get the ability to just watch the football, never mind, like, getting to go to it. So, it's, um, no, it's, it's it's an incredible achievement um, to to obviously get the first unofficial nine in a row. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um. So, on top of that, they, they
0: won the, the Southern League Cup four times. The Southern League Cup would eventually go on to be replaced by what we now know as the League Cup. So they won that four times, run up the other two times, six uh seven weeks. Although they're they're not being counted as official in the eyes of the SFA and you know, as Rangers fans we'll still take the well, you know, we'll still take the for the cup, the club for it. Chink enough has spoken about this part of Bill Stoof
1: Sarah. It's not, no, it's um it's almost as if it's just like a friendly period, like throughout that time, and it's um, as you say, like complete domination, like over that. You can, you know, it's obviously ingrained in Bill Struth's legacy and things, like you know, um, in terms of you know the success and the standards. But you can even tell in this time, it was you know it's a priv- it should always be, but it's a privilege to play for Rangers, and we'll accept nothing less than, than being the best and being successful, especially domestically.
0: And the last thing just before we go into the actual victory cup, um, I wanted to touch on just like, how dominant this Rangers side were in the lead up to it. But looking back at the the Southern League Cup, Rangers actually in the final, um, Rangers actually <laughs> won the tournament on corners. So in nineteen forty four, we do nothing each worth. Uh, Sorry, nineteen forty three. We do one each with Falkirk, and then one eleven three in Corners. The following year, we do nothing each with Hibbs, and lost six five in Corners. That is wild.
1: <laughs> I, I thought when um, I seen that, I thought it was a wind up. But aye, it's it's mental, isn't it? Like to be what? What do you think? Like in terms of like, if if, if somebody had ten Corners over two, you would expect them to be the dominant team wouldn't you but you would never like, you would never think that you know the one you could easily be in the the receiving end of you know a hiding or whatever with that amount of corners
0: yeah, I know it's, I, I know what you mean like the team that has the more corners tends to dominate the match but you've never like it's so a- alien to think that that could settle a match <laughs> <laughs> especially was, a final I know and there was actually Rangers won something like in the 30s with a time course as well Um <laughs> And I think that was quite a common thing <laughs> it's, it It's it's madness uh, to think now. But that was uh, that was commonplace back back in the day. So Rangers been dominant right up until the nineteen forty-five-forty six season. You know, they, they won the Southern League, which ended in February nineteen forty-six, all that was left to play for was the Southern League Cup, which ran February to May. Rangers would have been eventual runners up to Aberdeen. ...in May 1946... ...but then the Victory Cup tournament... ...ran from April to June 1946... ...so again this was... ...this was in place of the Scottish Cup... ...so all professional teams... ...were invited to to enter... ...the first round was over two legs... ...and then every other fixture... ...a one-off affair... ...Rangers were drawn to stenhouse Moor, ...and they won 8-2 in aggregate... ...winning 4-1... ...both home and away... Round two, they went through to play Erdryonians away, and they won 4-0. Erdryonians had actually knocked them out of the 1919 tournament in the the first round. Then, quarter-final, Falkirk away, they drew one each, but it seems like Falkirk are, you know, that's a few times we've played Falkirk. They must have been (laughs) a decent team back then. Yeah, but we drew with Falkirk, one each um, in Falkirk, and then the replay, they won 2-0 at Iberts. Then the semi-final, Celtic at Hamden in, I think it was November 1945, a few months after the official end of the war, the the Home Office lifted the restrictions on crowd attendances, so 90,000 people estimated attended Hamden for a nil each draw against Celtic. The replay was four days later and Rangers won 2-0, so Scott, it's, it's good to see that some things never change. Celtic... Um, this actually came up. I don't read Celtic blogs or anything before I get shouted but when <laughs> I was doing a lot of googling uh, for this there was quite a few entries that popped up on Celtic blogs about the Victory Cup and how they were cheated in the semi-final. Um, apparently, the <laughs> apparently the the blogs are claiming that the ref was drunk and was biased <laughs> towards the Rangers uh, and sent two Celtic players off for dissent.
1: Have they still going on about that? No. Nah, it's, it's only been... Uh... In about eight years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this board was for two
1: thousand
0: seventeen. <laughs> oh, they're consistent, what can you say? <laughs> but uh, Rangers won the replay against a nine man Celtic, two 0 So that, that would lead us to the fifteenth of June. Hibbs at Hamden and over a hundred thousand attended Ham Hamden that day. So there's a a few famous names in this Rangers lineup. So, Rangers' first 11 was Bobby Brown, Sammy Cox, Jock Shaw, Charlie Watkins, George Young, Scott Simmons, Willie Waddle, Tory Gillick, Willie Thornton, Jimmy Duncanson, Jimmy Caskey. And Jock Shaw's younger brother, Scott, is actually playing uh, for Hibs uh, that day as well. Apologies, listeners, um, well, we'll maybe attach this video to the um, to the link but we have the the formation here. We know football Scott you and I were talking off air uh, we know football's evolved and you know Rangers play a 4-3-3 in the nineties maybe a four four two but this looks chaos does not it? Talk us through talk to the listeners through what formation you can see for Rangers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: Uh, so th- there is a goalkeeper surprisingly. Um there's two at the back, three midfield and, and five up top, so <laughs> um I uh, they, they and it's the exact same formation for for the opposition, so it must be a a bit of a common uh, common tactic in the days. Um just all oh, attack, lump the ball up the up the park, good old good old fashioned there, but um if, yeah, you'd get somebody's head checked if uh, if they played that nowadays. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if everybody else... I think formations in terms... If one person catches on and has success through it, everybody else will do it. And that's probably how it's evolved from that. And then it eventually goes to a more defensive style. And, yeah, before you know it, um, yeah, everybody's copying the same same tactics. We found a, um, found a match
0: report, which was written a couple of years ago, in the North section... Um, check our website, it's a lot of historical articles on Scottish football and this was written by Russell and uh, that we're kind of taking the highlights from. You know, the, by all reports, um, Rangers were wanting to play football and take the game of Hibs very early on and it's weird, Scott, in this in this match reports and the links uh, to the old newspaper paper articles, it talks about the traditional Scottish way of passing and moving so obviously this is before we had access to international football and stuff and I don't know if you've ever heard that before but that was a, a very Scottish thing through the 30s and 40s That it was very much like ball on the deck for the first time it was an English thing to have the long ball up to the forward so just what you were saying there um, about long ball up this this was not the way Rangers were playing or teams in general in Scotland, that's, I think that's fascinating
1: yeah, and it's and people call Scott, Scottish leagues now like everything under the sun. Like it's not respected, you know, basically anywhere outside Scotland. Uh, to be completely honest, and just wonder how it goes through that that sort of change. Like if we start like if Scotland are what one of the, the forefronts in terms of playing the ball on the deck, passing and moving and things like that. You know, where when did that get phased out? And yeah, I believe you know, people, teams will have a principle but a lot view Scottish football as just putting up the park and, you know, no no technical technical play and things like that, te- technical styles of play and things like that. So you just wonder when that sort of get phased out and and uh, we we came to, you know, see the style that we, we see nowadays in Scotland.
0: So Rangers were were dominant from the off and they were running hips ragged you know they didn't create too many clear cut chances, but they, they they were easily the better team. So just over twenty minutes in, Rangers win a throw in taken by Caskey and Duncanson runs runs onto this throw in, lays it back to Caskey, and he finds Tory Gillick, who's made a very clever run and he struck the ball. It goes one 0 Rangers. At this point, Hibs then then actually turned up and they they start growing into the match. There's a lot of articles mentioning the the battle between Gordon Smith of Hibbs and Jock Shaw. Um, I think Gordon Smith are a prolific player for for Hibbs at the time, and obviously we all know about Tiger Jock Shaw, uh, absolute Rangers legend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this was a a proper contest between two two great players. After after maybe ten fifteen minutes, of Hibbs being being back in the game, taking the game to Rangers, they get the equaliser. By um, A lot of clever play down the, the hibs left-hand side and uh, again another clever cross into the box. So Rangers go and at time one each. In the second half shot this is, at the time, this is, was described as one of the greatest ever goals scored at Hamden. The journalists of the time calling it a blackboard goal. So Thornton kicked off from the from halfway I don't know why I <laughs> so I don't know why I remind you where the half where we kick off from, but straight from kick off to get the second half under way So Rangers kick it's uh, Willie Thornton who kicks off the second half for Rangers. Um plays it to Toy who plays it back to Thornton. Thornton lays it back to Scott Simmons while like, the what we call the, the passing move <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> um, Scott Simmons then finds Thornton, uh, where a lob. Thornton actually headers it down to the, the oncoming Duncanson, and he lashes any the net for twenty yards. I can see why at the time they've called this one of the greatest ever goals. If we think about the the ball they used to play with, which was like, for us it'd be like kicking a a bag of cement, <laughs> um, a twenty yard goal. Hibs didn't actually get a touch of this uh, ball until they picked it the net straight for kickoff. It sounds dynamite.
1: Aye, ah, definitely, and um, aye, it just um, shows you the management as well. Which seems as though we were under a lot of pressure from Hibs. And big, big, um, big occasion in terms of crowds and things like that, and it would have been a lot of pressure. But yeah, um, as I say, style of play and everything sounds, sounds as though it was a, a really fast, a really good goal. So after
0: that, it very much turned into a, a spectator's game. Both teams were for Rangers to kill the game off and Hibs obviously to get the equaliser. Bobby Brown was said to have had many a great save in the in the second 45 minutes for Rangers and Rangers put Hibbs care under pressure uh, quite a few times. So Rangers actually had a disallowed goal. Uh, a high ball met by Willie Thornton was led off to Willie Waddle and... Aye, it's, for some reason it must have been offside I, I can't see why they've called it maybe this was the, the ref who was biased towards Hibbs this time VAR mate we uh, uh, will ask the Celtic blogs if this ref was steaming Means <laughs> <laughs> they've got a, ch- a goal chopped off but in the dying moments of the game Willie Waddle found himself with the ball again running down the left wing and showing incredible vision he finds the, the ball through a Jimmy Duncanson um, who beat I've, three or four players in his way eh, to get to the ball and opted it past the Hibs keeper. So Rangers 3, Hibs 1, Rangers left the second ever Victory Cup tournament. So in terms of the actual Victory Cup trophy, ni- in 1919, Samirin were awarded a, a shield, a one-off shield for the 1946 tournament. It was the Southern League Cup that they agreed to play, although Aberdeen had only won that three months before. This was what they were playing for, because Rangers had won the Southern League Cup four times already. This was a fifth occasion. They go, they, they were allowed to keep the trophy. Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's as uh, it yeah, and as you as you said. With all the stats. It's it's, it's Rangers' dominance. And it's a nice gesture actually, and it, you know it just adds to the the history in terms of, like you go in. I think we've all been to the the trophy room with an and. You know, you just see it as another you know, it's obviously full of cups and medals and bikes and <laughs> things like that, but um, it's good to know the story of, like, what they were playing for and things like that, so yeah, it's uh, spectacular and probably a nice, the last nice Cheshire the SFA have done for us, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and at the same time, we managed to get one up Aberdeen, you know, they, they, <laughs> uh, they would have had their hands in too towel for two months, so yeah, it goes back to Ibschurch. So, the victory cup, actually, in the... In the trophy room, it's actually the the main cabinet towards the uh, closest to the window. In this mm-hmm. it's, uh, case, MD's ever doing the tour once life goes back to normal, but uh, you never know by the time we, we're allowed to go to iWorks again, we might have this museum up and running. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, could be moved, could be moved, yeah.
0: so, yeah. Aye, so the museum, that'll make uh, any research for this show a lot easier. We don't <laughs> need to spend hours and hours on Google. <laughs> So that's the story of how Rangers won the Victory Cup in 1946. Scott, just a a short, pile pilot off, but again, I think it's it's so interesting to look back at. Some of some of the listeners uh, might take the half with this, but to you and I, the 80s is history. You know, like your dads will talk about that, and when it's still, even though it's history, but it's it's stories we know, but we, we don't really know stories about what happened in the 40s or 50s or even earlier after. I
1: definitely and it's it's um it's it's good to good to talk about it. Like even that story as well, like the the, the, um, the replay against Celtic in the semi final, it's things like that, like that could never happen nowadays and refs coming up pissed like, like allegedly, al- allegedly allegedly pushed, um, but it's just stories like that. It's it's really good to know and even if it you know, like, if somebody does the tour and they're able to like tell somebody else, you know, like if they're able to get a bit more information through this podcast it's really, it will be very satisfying to, to see that you know, they know the story behind the Victory Cup and what it means, um, instead of asking the, the tour guide or whatever, like Mark Haley probably, so <laughs> um, so it's, it's it's really good to find out about this and yeah, we've got a lot of ideas of what's what's coming up as well, I'm looking forward to
0: Yeah, so, you know as we said, this, uh, this series uh, will just be you know, it's it's kept very fair reason because there's so much that we can cover. We've got ideas of uh, single events, certain matches, tournaments, even um a player or two that we're hoping to cover. But we'd love to hear your feedback. This is a pilot show, just kept it short and sweet. But let us know what you think. If there's anything you'd like to like us to look into and maybe do a bit of research on and talk about. All that's left to do. Scott, thanks very much for joining me.
1: That's Colin.
0: Enjoyed it. And thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.